0: Welcome to The Difference. It's the intersection of politics and economics, Wall Street, K Street, and Your Street. I'm Dan O'Donnell alongside Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Well, you might not have noticed because there's been an awful lot of doom and gloom reporting regarding the nation's economy. Inflation is still sticky, though it's down somewhat. Rate hikes have had an impact. But the thing that is just soaring above the mountaintops is the NASDAQ, driven largely by the boom in AI and leading the way, of course, NVIDIA, which has had just a tremendous 2023, but also some of the uh, relatively old standbys. Dave, what do you make out of this rally? I'm sort of calling it the FOMO rally, as in, people are worried now, I think, that they're missing out on getting in on the ground floor of the AI revolution.
1: Yeah, the fear of missing out certainly is back in play. And as you pointed out, the NASDAQ is just going bonkers up 29% in 23. It could turn out to be the best year for the NASDAQ in 40 years. You got to go all the way back to 1983. And as you pointed out, NVIDIA, Intel, AMD, all part of the AI revolution. But there are some who are saying that perhaps we are in the eye of the storm. So we were down significantly, as we all know, going back uh, throughout 2022. The earnings of the NASDAQ companies, Dan, were down 37%. So there was clearly an earnings recession that was happening. And so there's some of that going on. And so you go through these these names and there is an AI revolution happening. Is it a fear if missing out or is it money coming off the sidelines because they got
0: caught flat-footed? I think it's a combination of both of those do you think that continues or i mean i this is the million dollar question isn't it right do you think the rally continues do you think there is still that money sitting on the sidelines that wants to come back because now what you're seeing because of the high interest rates is that you can get what a 4 5% return right. On a CD, are you going to see some of that money go to safer harbors, so to speak?
1: Well, that's where they went. So they were missed. They were on the sideline, missing a big part of this rally. So a lot of that money that was sitting on the sideline, even with a higher interest rate, they're looking at this and say, "Should I jump back in?" But it just goes to show you that you know you just can't time these markets. That you have to stay invested and make sure that you're positioned correctly. But there is this thing that is going on right now, Dan, that it could be the eye of the storm, perhaps, a double-dip earnings recession as all of the Fed's actions are intended to slow down demand, but it's both sides. It's both demand and supply. So they raised interest rates so quickly and so violently that it has to have an impact on demand. We're starting to see that, but not only that, higher interest rates mean there's supply pressure as well. So we do think there is going to be some struggles going forward, especially with some companies that weren't earning money. You have to go back to the 08, 09 and say, you know, just don't throw a dart against the sky. Because yeah. you know there are winners and there are losers, and that will happen again
0: in this rally. Who do you think is the biggest? And I don't want you to you know start throwing darts at stocks here, but it, it is it in the infrastructure behind like the microchips and the processors and that thing, uh, that sort of thing with AI, or is it in the producers? of the AI itself. In other words, are you investing more in the technology or the infrastructure behind the technology?
1: Well, you know, you've heard the story of who made money in the gold rush, and it was those who were selling the shovels, right? That's probably true. Again, you talk about all these chip makers. You know, what happens when they want to do all of these developments in chip companies? Well, there's real estate development. There's those that are close to water. There's restaurants that are close to those places and right down the line. So you could see a significant development but right now, obviously, it's happening in the NVIDIAs, Intel, AMDs, the chip makers of the world, that everything is coming down the road. But it's just one more example, Dan, of where politics and economics cross because, you know, this, this government intervention that's trying to get those chip makers back. Yeah. All of this goes back to COVID. And, you know, you'll remember we talked about this ad nauseum that what COVID did it will have such a profound effect how we live and how we invest going forward. And that continues to happen. You think about trying to get to the resolution, the government shutting down the economy, and now the Federal Reserve was throwing all kinds of money and kept interest rates low. Now they're trying to turn that back, onshoreing some of these chip companies. All of this is coming because of COVID and the reactions, the combination of economics and politics, because of what happened back then.
0: Yeah, it is remarkable just how much the... uh, Overplaying of the COVID shutdowns really destroyed the economy and is really having uh, an impact that is going to be felt for a long, long time. And, that, That's and, why then, we... and not
1: just here, oh, ahead. yeah, not just here, Dan, but around the world. The United States has been a, a bit of a, an oasis. We see right now and last week what what the Chinese did with their central banks, yeah. and of course what Europe did. I mean, Europe is in a recession. A lot of those countries, big countries, are in a recession. So there's a worldwide impact happening, but the United. United States, till to this point, has been in OASIS, and we'll see what all of this action that the Federal Reserve does. Now, there, there is a possibility, Dan, that they do break something, and I said they, the Federal Reserve. Do they break it? I mean, at this point, the market has it has taken into account the terminal rate that they talked about. Now, if they come back and raise rates in July and August and on, there is a possibility that they do break something. Now you have to say, why would they do that with an election coming up in 2024? There's a possibility they could send us into to a deeper recession than what was anticipated by over-tightening. And do they do that in front of a presidential election? That will be I don't interesting. See it. Yeah. Either, yeah either I, you I
0: just I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, I know they're not supposed to take political considerations into account, but come on. If they tighten and the United States dips into a recession, in uh, an election year, I mean, that essentially, especially if it's in Q2, Q3 of 2024, I mean, they keep pushing back the expected date of this potential recession. If that happens, that basically dooms President Biden's chances for re-election. Well, it did. It did doom.
1: It did doom the last guy. I mean, for lots of reasons, but there was no question that COVID there caused a recession.
0: And guess what? Oh yeah. What? And what, yeah. what happened to the last guy? Right. So yeah. Well, that, yeah right. That, that And you know what? The the thing is, is that you know a lot of people still talk about 2020 and all of the issues surrounding that. And I'm not obviously going to get into that on on this uh, podcast. But if you look purely From an economic standpoint, you can essentially predict how every presidential race is going to go if you just take a look at where the stock market was, where the nation's economy was in August, and then compare it with November. In fact, the same thing held true essentially in 2022. People were wondering, well, why didn't Republicans pick up so many more seats that they were expecting to, the red wave and so forth? Well, There were a whole lot of incumbents who won re-election primarily because people were feeling a bit better about their own economic situations, taking politics completely out of it. If you have a recession, I think at any point from now until the election, it's going to be really, really hard for Biden to— get reelected. I mean, we've already had one recession on his watch. Remember all the fun we made of that, Dave, the inflation recession, which is no longer a couple straight quarters of negative GDP growth. That's no longer the shorthand definition. Can't use that. Can't use that. Change the definition. Uh, Right. Well, are we going to change the definition again, or are enough people going to realize, hey- they really did break the economy and now we're in deep, deep trouble. Okay, let's go 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 back
1: to, you made a really good point, though. This rally started in October, right before the election, the midterm elections, when there was a turn. And so, you know, think about that. And and there was a lot of people who wrote, the markets do like the bifurcation of Republicans and Democrats and and the fact that the House went to the Republicans. You could argue that that's when the rally started. Now, that's, of course, saying that the market's not putting anything anywhere on on the economics and all on politics, but there's certainly a coincident indicator that that's when the rally started.
0: I just have a difficult time divorcing economics from politics in any of the Fed's decisions uh, about any of this. But no matter what happens, we know that we're facing uncertain times in an uncertain future with politics, with the rise of AI, with all of it. That's why you need to know exactly what you own and exactly why you own it. That's why we always recommend you get a review of your portfolio. It's a free wealth metric Available only at AnnexWealth.com. So with the AI revolution, Dave, I keep hearing people talk about it, and And we didn't do a podcast for the last couple of weeks because I was actually on a listener cruise to Alaska. It was a wonderful time. Yeah, how was that? It was a great time. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Have you ever been to Alaska? I have not. I want to do it. I would. Uh, absolute bucket list. It is unparalleled, indescribable beauty. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was just uh, an amazing, especially if you like nature, it was just an amazing trip, Uh, just an amazing time. But one of the questions that I got, I do these question and answer sessions Mm -hmm. with listeners, just kind of informally talking to people. One of the biggest things that I was asked was, okay, just how many jobs is AI going to take? Just how much is automation going to replace your average worker? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what, what's actually interesting about this is that it was long predicted. I mean, go back to when you were a kid watching the Jetsons, right? What was long predicted? That the, the more blue-collar type jobs, Rosie the maid, for example, that those types of jobs would be replaced by machines. What we're learning now is, is that through artificial intelligence, it's it's way more difficult to build a robot plumber than it is to tell an AI, hey, AI, write me a few thousand lines of code. Mm-hmm. So the question I had, Dave, that, that was constantly posed to me was just how much is AI going to disrupt The workforce. In other words, how many people are going to suddenly find themselves out of work when their job is outsourced not to China or India, but to a non human? And I said, honestly, I think the, the total is going to be in the millions, if not tens of millions. And, and I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than people think.
1: And, and, and I there will be winners and losers. And those people who are getting displaced, like anything, are going to have to find a new skill. And so there are skills that, you know, in trades especially, that probably aren't under the pressure of AI. But there are, there are certainly going to be jobs that can be pushed aside. But I think Dan, you got it right. You know, you're going to have to get retrained. And even if it's millions, does it create millions of new opportunities? And that's been the path of the United States all of this time. Go back and pick any idea, whatever number you want, all the way back to Barnes and Noble and Amazon. There are as many opportunities as there are losses. And that's just how we live as a country. So even though if you're right, if it's a million or even tens of millions, There will be opportunities to code, for people to do delivery, to skill development. I'm far more bullish than I am bearish on this idea. You just can't go and run and and pay a high premium for all of these stocks as well, Dan, because at some point they become too expensive. We think you should have earnings, you should have a valuation. Otherwise, you get back to what happened in 2000 and 2001, Pets.com, so on and so forth. And You have to have earnings, you have to have sales, and that's where there's going to be an opportunity. But even if people are getting displaced, Dan, do believe that there will be opportunities. Again, as politics and economics start to collide, there's so much more to talk about that we didn't get to. Think about the oil markets and think about yeah. Russia and China and, of course, the student loans and the Supreme Court, that everything is coming down the pike. All of this will be continue to happen as we continue our conversations over the next several weeks and months.
0: Yeah. In in fact, there is so much to discuss just on the geopolitical front. We could actually do another 15 minutes, Dave, (laughs) just on that. I mean, right now, just we could do another 15 minutes on the impact of the Russian revolt, which is still one of the more bizarre incidents that I've seen in in warfare, where you've got a group of mercenaries just saying, ah, you know what? We're going to march on Moscow now Yeah. until at the last second they say, nope yeah how, Turns out, how'd that you're work good? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, it's good to be interesting and and people are already speculating, oh, you know, it was a, a false flag event to try to root out those disloyal to Putin. Uh, you know when we're going to find that out in about five to six weeks when this rogue general is poisoned. Yep. If he's poisoned, then you'll know it was a real coup attempt. If he's not poisoned, and he's allowed to live in Belarus in peace. I think you'll know that it was, or or thrown off the rooftop like the yeah, those, like or those or, doctors, right? or yeah, he commits suicide <laughs> by simultaneously ingesting cyanide while jumping <laughs> off of a roof. Exactly. <laughs> this exactly. is this is how the Russians roll. Uh, I will say this, Dave. Uh, I think I am going to pull all my money out of deep-sea submersibles for a while. I was heavily heavily invested in deep-sea—I do actually believe there is going to be some uh, criminal— How about that poor kid
1: who didn't want to go? The kid who didn't even want
0: to go. Just absolutely tragic. However, we will have to leave it there unless you really want to do a whole other podcast just on the news of the day, which would be fun. We, however, talk about how that news intersects with the world of finance and how it impacts you. For Dave Spano, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of The Difference.
2: Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice, or recommendation, or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.